Nick Bonino is a New York Ranger after signing a one-year, $800,000 contract. What does the veteran journeyman bring to the table for the Rangers? And plus, also going to be talking about Ranger rookie camp concluding all this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 865 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we want to start today's episode by continuing our fun-filled off-season series here where we basically just go through the entire free agent class, the entire uh, group of players that the Rangers have brought in via free agency. Uh, They signed nine players on the first day of free agency and one or two since then. But uh, we're going to focus in on 35-year-old center Nick Bonino. Once again, he signs a one-year $800,000 deal with the New York Rangers. Uh, Bonino six foot one and 195 pounds. And we might as well just go through uh, his lengthy NHL journey. You know, he's kind of bounced from team to team, won a couple of Stanley Cups as well. More on that in a little bit. But Nick Bonino at this point, a 14-year veteran. Uh, this despite the fact that he was not taken until the sixth round of the 2007 NHL draft. So we're talking 16 years here have gone by since uh, Bonino was drafted. He went number 173 overall to the San Jose Sharks in that year's draft. Uh, made his NHL debut in 2009-2010 with the Ducks. Uh, again, he is a journeyman, not quite to the extreme of Eric Gustafson with Bonino. You know, he'll actually stick around with the same team for at least a couple of seasons. Gustafson, I mean, no joke. He bounces from like one team to the next. Uh, I believe we said that this is going to be his eighth season in five years uh, now that he's a member of the New York Rangers. But Bonino obviously has, uh, you know, made his travels as well. Uh, five seasons with the Ducks. Those were his first five seasons. Then he goes to the Canucks for one year, two seasons with the Penguins, three with the Predators, one with the Wild, one with the Sharks, and then traded back to the Penguins this past season, but only played three games for them uh, due to an injury, a lacerated kidney to be exact, and we'll talk about that more in a second as well. Uh, But again, going through his entire NHL career to tally up everything, his career numbers, 823 games for Nick Bonino. He has scored 158 goals and picked up 195 assists. So we're talking about 353 points in 823 games. Not too shabby for somebody that has almost always been in a bottom six role and is known for being more of a defensive forward than obviously bringing offensive fireworks to the table. But it's good to know uh, he can give you some secondary scoring from time to time as well. Uh, On top of everything I just mentioned, he is a plus 42 for his career. Has averaged 15 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time per night won 49.9% of his face-offs, so just below half, uh, 886 block shots, 315 hits, 473 takeaways, and 258 giveaways. And this past season, uh, 59 games with the Sharks, only three games with the Penguins, so 62 games. Bonino had 10 goals, 9 assists, 19 points. He was a minus 5. Averaged 15 minutes and 55 seconds of ice time, won 48.2% of his face-offs, blocked 79 shots, had 19 hits, and had 40 takeaways against 17 giveaways. And uh, also of note this past season, Bonino 
Uh, had an interesting stretch with the Sharks. He scored a goal in four consecutive games with San Jose. Uh, that was a new career high for Bonino. Uh, and he was also, and I believe this is for the first time in his career, I couldn't find any other instance of this being true, but he was an alternate captain uh, with the San Jose Sharks. David Quinn picking him as one of his alternates uh, heading into this past season. And of course, was traded for the Peng- or to the Penguins at the uh, trade deadline. And then for a quick look at his playoffs, 133 uh, career Stanley Cup playoff games for Nick Bonino. And in those games, he has scored 19 goals and picked up 29 assists. And as I mentioned just a second ago, Nick Bonino, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, he did win both of those cups with, uh, you know, our favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. That happened in 2016 and 2017. He was part of uh, the HBK line with the Penguins, which uh, for any WWE fans, your, your ears kind of go up there. The HBK line was uh, Nick Bonino, Carl Haglund, and Phil Kessel. And it was named after uh, Shawn Michaels, all-time great WWE wrestler. And uh, one of his many monikers was the Heartbreak Kid, HBK. So that was known as the HBK line. They even got Shawn Michaels to uh, attend a couple of the games. So that was uh, kind of interesting. But uh, that line played very, very well for the Penguins uh, in their two championship runs. That was the third line for the Penguins. And Look, obviously, you need contributions up and down your lineup if you're going to win the Stanley Cup. And that third line, while they were together, was known as one of the best third lines in all of hockey. Uh, The first run that the Penguins had to the Stanley Cup with that line intact was in 2015-2016. And Bonino, in particular, had a really strong run in the playoffs for that team that year. Uh, 24 playoff games in the Penguins championship run. He scored four goals and had 14 assists. So 18 points in 24 games from Nick Bonino, obviously stepping up his game in terms of offense in the postseason. And again, you need that in the playoffs. You need everybody to contribute. That's pretty much the only way to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, maybe a couple of guys can have you know, an off series here, an off night there. But for the most part, and that's why hockey's so great. If you're going to win the Stanley Cup, uh, you need everybody pretty much firing on all cylinders in, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, or you're just not going to be able to uh, outlast the rest of the field. Um, Bonino also in the playoffs, big moment for him in 2016, also with the Penguins. Uh, he scored in overtime in game six to give the Penguins the series win over the Washington Capitals. The Penguins were leading the Capitals, uh, three games to two at that time. Game six was in Pittsburgh and it went into overtime, tied at three, three. And, uh, the HBK line was out there. A save was made, uh, but Bonino was in the, uh, in the crease there, was able to find the puck back in into the net give the Penguins uh, the win and eliminate the Capitals that year. And also worth noting, I think, that now that the Rangers have Nick Bonino and now that they've also brought in Jonathan Quick and Barclay Goodrow is there, the Rangers between those three players I just mentioned have seven Stanley Cups on their roster. Uh, Jonathan Quick has three, Bonino has two, Goodrow has two. And, you know, we could debate how much that matters. I know there's people that are going to say that experience isn't really all that and you know, it, it doesn't really matter come playoff time. It's just going to be whoever executes. To me, having that many Stanley Cup winners in your locker room, that many multiple-time Stanley Cup winners in your locker room, it certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, a lot of these guys are, are veteran players. All of them are veteran players, and they know what it takes to get the job done uh, come playoff time. So Nick Bonino, you know, known as uh, somebody that is very well-liked and very well-respected in the locker room. We'll talk more about that in a little bit as well. Um, but obviously, I, I think this is a really nice pickup for the Rangers. It kind of fits this theme of this offseason, this free agency period for the Rangers, where, you know, they they pretty much went to uh, the discount store or the dollar store, whatever you want to call it. And that's no insult on Bonino or any of these other players. But the bottom line is the Rangers didn't have a lot of cap space and they had to 
make the most out of what they had. And I think they've done that. I think this is a really solid signing uh, for the Rangers. You got to figure Nick Bonino on opening night going to be out there uh, on the fourth line uh, with, uh, you know, some of the other likely candidates to be on the fourth line. But we're going to talk about that in just a second. I did want to mention real quick here, uh, the lacerated kidney, you know, I touched on that just a second ago. Uh, he had surgery after lacerating his kidney this past season. He only played the three games with the Penguins. Lacerated kidney, had the surgery. Uh, I haven't really seen anything written or, or said about this all that recently. You know, looking at old articles, obviously people were reporting on it when it happened. But it sounds like, you know, as far as the lacerated kidney is concerned, I mean, you hear that term and it's just scary, right? But it sounds like whatever, uh, you know, whatever amount of like pain or discomfort that caused him or uh, whatever, you know, it, it did to cause him to miss time. It sounds like he is over it. I haven't heard Bonino really comment about it either since he's come to the Rangers. So uh, hopefully everything is okay there. Uh, first and foremost, just from, you know, the human being, Nick Bonino, lacerated kidney, you don't wish ill will on anybody, obviously. Uh, so there's that, but also, um, you know, from the hockey perspective, hopefully he's over it and uh, ready to go for the Rangers and there are no lingering effects. Um, so hopefully that is the case. Uh, gonna continue talking about Bonino in just a second. I want to go ahead and talk about you know where he fits in this lineup, what we can expect from him, who might his line mates be on opening night and going forward after that. And we're gonna do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, definitely stick around. Uh, there are some rumors now, and we're going to talk about this a little bit at the end of today's episode, and then it's going to be a focal point of tomorrow's episode. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko, we all you know, thought that he was going to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Ottawa Senators were said to be in the mix as well. Uh, there was a report out that it looked like Vladimir Tarasenko was going to sign with the Canes. That still has not happened. And there's a couple of uh, interesting you know, aspects to this story, and maybe a Ranger reunion is still possible. We'll talk about that. We'll keep talking about the... Uh, Ranger draft class, including Tyler Pitlick and some other, uh, you know, small signings that the Rangers have made and also going to go through the draft class. Also going to be talking to uh, Harrison from Locked On Jets about Blake Wheeler. Going to be doing that next week. So a whole bunch of fun stuff coming up on Locked On New York Rangers. But for right now, let's keep our focus on Nick Bonino. One other aspect of this signing, and I want to kind of alleviate the concerns of some Ranger fans, that guys like, you know, Nick Bonino, Tyler Pitlick, whoever it might be, you know, Jimmy Vesey from last year, that these guys are going to somehow uh, block the path to pay playing time for young Ranger prospects such as Brent Offman and Will Cooley. I say don't worry about this because the Rangers have shown over the last handful of seasons here, no matter who the coach is, no matter who the GM is, uh, if there's a young player who earns their way onto the NHL roster, they will give them an opportunity. 
uh, whether that's a strong showing in training camp, a strong handful of games in the preseason, uh, whatever the case might be, you know, good numbers, wherever they were playing last year, uh, they will give you your opportunity if you earn it. You know, you might be uh, in a situation where you kind of have the outside track and you have to kind of leapfrog a couple of guys. But if you earn that opportunity, you will get it. We've seen them do it with guys, pretty much every defenseman on this team, or at least the the ones that made their NHL debut with the Rangers, uh, at one time or another, they, you know, were kind of on the outside looking in and they, they kind of leapfrogged some guys. You know, Adam Fox, I mean, he was going to get there no matter what, but Ryan Lingren got an opportunity. He obviously took advantage of it. Brian Schneider a couple of years ago, uh, middle of the season, he got promoted to the NHL, never looked back. Keandre Miller was a surprise member of the opening night roster. So, you know, many examples here of the Rangers, you know, saying that, okay, this guy looks good. It looks like he's ready. Let's give him a chance. So, uh, I, and, and, you know, there, there could be some concerns about, okay, well, how do you fit them onto the roster? They'll find a way. The Rangers have shown that if a young player, a prospect, is kind of beating his timetable and looks ready faster than they thought he would be ready, they will give that player the opportunity. And that's true whether you're Will Cooley, Brian Offman, or anybody else, you know, maybe a dark horse roster candidate that I'm not even thinking of right now. Those two tend to stand out a little bit. Offman due to his just ridiculous numbers in the OHL. And of course, Will Cooley, a prospect in his own right, played the first four games of his NHL career with the Rangers this past season. So again, I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, these veteran journeymen coming in. They're not going to block the path to playing time uh, for these young players in the Rangers. If these players earn the opportunity, the Rangers will give it to them. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. As far as Nick Bonino, though, and uh, what we can expect from him, and what does he bring to the table, and who might his line mates be for this upcoming season. So I wanted to look at uh, the point totals. They have been kind of decreasing over the last handful of seasons here. His best offensive season uh, for Bonino was all the way back in 2013-2014 with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, That season, 77 games for Bonino, 22 goals, 27 assists, 49 points. That's a career high in all three of those categories. Uh, He also got a lot of power play time that season. Uh, So obviously that partially explains the high point output. Uh, His second highest total ever as far as points was the following season. And he dropped from 49 points to 39 points. And then in recent seasons, he's kind of settled in as far as points go, you know, somewhere in the high 20s, low to mid 30s, as far as, you know, what his point total is at the end of the season. As we mentioned this past season, only 19 points but he only played in 62 games. So if we project that out to, you know, an 82 game, uh, you know, season for Nick Bonino or somewhere in that ballpark, he would have been on pace for, you know, 26, 27 points, somewhere in that vicinity. And and when you're talking about somebody that um, not only is in your bottom six, but is mostly playing on your fourth line, which uh, Bonino, that's mostly what he does, uh, certainly in the bottom six, at least, uh, you know, that's a solid output as far as points are concerned. Once again, from a bottom six, veteran journeyman. As far as, you know, where he lines up, I think he's pretty much ticketed for the fourth line. I mean, never say never. We've seen the Rangers, they mix and match and you know, guys will move up and down the lineup from time to time. But on opening night, uh, again, assuming there are no trades or anything unforeseen or unexpected happening, I think you're looking at some type of fourth line that includes three out of four of Bonino, uh, Pitlick, VZ, and Goodrow. And I would imagine probably, probably Goodrow, maybe VZ, uh, between all the four players that I just mentioned, one of those two will be on the third line. If I had to take a swing at it, I would say probably Goodrow. Um, again, that's assuming that Goodrow isn't traded or, or nothing else unexpected happens. But, you know, I like that fourth line, whichever three of those four players you go with. Uh, it's a 
defensively responsible fourth line, uh, fairly physical fourth line as well. Bonino, again, known for being a hard-nosed player's uh, nice thing about Bonino as well is that he can kill penalties and you can never have too many uh, penalty killing options. The Raiders overall over the past couple of seasons have been pretty good when it comes to the PK. Uh, and it sounds like Bonino, you know, certainly will be in the mix. will um, you know, compete to get some, uh, some ice time when it comes to the penalty kill. Uh, we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. But again, you're talking about somebody that's a high character player known as a very good locker room guy, highly respected around the league. And I know there's some Ranger fans that are a little bit upset about the fact that you know, they've added a couple of veteran players here. You know, Blake Wheeler's a little bit older. Um, Bonino's a little bit older. A couple other sightings that are like, you know, in the 31-year-old range. I believe Tyler Pitlick, without looking at it, is somewhere around that area, you know, uh, late 20s, early 30s, somewhere in that vicinity. But again, I, I don't see any harm in signing a player like Nick Bonino. When you're only paying him 25 k over the league minimum, I think he's going to be a nice fit for the Rangers and uh, give the Rangers, you know, a steady veteran presence on that fourth line. Also worth noting, uh, this is just a couple of months ago, in fact, Nick Bonino and this team was uh, coached by David Quinn, was named the captain of the U.S. national team this year at the World Championships. And Bonino played in nine games with the U.S., had three goals and one assist, and the U.S. finished in fourth place in that tournament. But just interesting to know, I mean, it was Quinn again, so it kind of makes sense. You know, Quinn named Bonino one of his alternates when they were together in San Jose and uh, named him the captain of the team. But, I mean, hey, captain of the U.S. national team is captain of the U.S. national team. That's impressive any way you slice it. Um, Something else I want to mention here is it's something that Bonino has in common with Eric Gustafson, who we discussed in yesterday's episode, uh, and that would be familiarity with Peter Laviolette. And whereas Gustafson only played with Laviolette for one year in Washington, um, Bonino, he played with uh, Laviolette for three seasons with the Nashville Predators. It turned out to be uh, Laviolette's final three seasons with Nashville. And then interestingly, uh, Bonino was also on his way at the end of that season as well. But they spent three seasons together, or I guess two and a half since Laviolette was fired uh, in the middle of that last season there. Um, but Bonino, you know, obviously there's familiarity there. And as I've mentioned in the past, you know, with Gustafsson and really any move that a team makes, I mean, obviously it comes down to what the general manager wants to do and uh, the GM has final say. But I do like to think that, you know, hopefully Jury and Laviolette have open communication and Jury at least picked Laviolette's brain. And, uh, you know, do you, do you want this guy? Um, you know, how did he fit in with, with Nashville? Do you think he would be uh, a good fit for this Ranger team? I like to think that there's some communication going on there. And hopefully uh, Laviolette gave Bonino uh, a ring endorsement and really wanted him. And the Rangers were able to make it happen, like I said, on a very short-term deal, just one year and just six figures only 25K over the league minimum. Uh, one other interesting note here about Bonino and his time with Nashville. He did miss Nashville's run uh, to the Stanley Cup final. He got there one year too late for that, but uh, worked out okay for Bonino because the year that Laviolette took the Predators to the Stanley Cup final, Nick Bonino was playing them on the Penguins. Penguins, of course, won the Stanley Cup that season, and uh, Nick Bonino uh, won the Stanley Cup himself. So, uh, obviously, it worked out all right for him. He was in the Stanley Cup Finals that year and turned out to be on the winning side of it. Uh, maybe even in that series, LaViolette, you know, noticed Bonino and, and saw some things that he liked. And maybe that's part of the reason why the Predators went out and got him uh, the following season. But uh, fun fact, we'll, we'll end with this as far as Bonino is concerned. Bonino, back in 2018, got into a fight with none other than Rangers captain Jacob Truba. This actually happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs. At the time, Jacob Truba was still with the Winnipeg Jets. Nick Bonino was on the Nashville Predators. This was uh, to kind of set the stage for you guys. This was game three 
of the second round of the playoffs. The series was tied at 1-1. The Jets eventually won this series in seven games. Uh, But yeah, they dropped the gloves. They went at it. I'd call it a draw. Honestly, it looked like both of them were kind of tired because it was at the end of what looked to be a pretty long shift for both of them. You know, both of them landed a decent puncher too, but you've seen crazier fights than this for sure. Um, But that's just kind of interesting. Maybe they'll have a laugh about it. Maybe they'll talk about it. Maybe they don't even remember it. I mean, it is the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was several years ago, uh, five years ago to be exact. So who knows? But I just thought I'd throw that out there for you guys. Just an interesting little fun fact uh, for Nick Bonino, who will be coming to the New York Rangers and a team that is captained by somebody that he once uh, traded a couple haymakers with in Jacob Truba. Uh, But again, another signing where the price was simply right. You know, the Rangers, again, precious little cap space to work with. They've made the most of it, signing guys like Blake Wheeler, like Jonathan Quick, Eric Gustafson, and uh, now Nick Bonino. I think Tyler Pitlick, you could throw him in there as well. And we'll talk about him in a future episode uh, in addition to all the aforementioned players that we already discussed. But again, I, I really like this signing for the Rangers. Character player, hard-nosed player, defensively responsible, kills some penalties, does a lot of the little things, good locker room guy. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about this signing, especially when you consider the price uh, that Nick Bonino got by the Rangers in free agency. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Switch gears just a little bit. I want to go ahead and talk about the final two days of Ranger Rookie Camp, which occurred on July 4th and July 5th. So it's Thursday as I'm recording this, and the Rookie Camp wrapped up uh, yesterday. And we're going to have some notes and some highlights uh, of things that happened in the final two days of the Rookie Camp. And we will do that in just a second. All right, Ranger rookie camp. So we'll start with uh, the 4th of July, which was day three of rookie camp. We talked about the other two days of rookie camp in a previous episode. In fact, it was the episode right before this. So if you want my thoughts on the first two days, as well as Eric Gustafson, because we uh, spent a lot of time talking about him and the Rangers signing him, just go back to the last episode and that'll all be there for you. But as for day three, which was July 4th, uh, and again, I'm not at this rookie camp. Uh, You're kind of just going by what you have. You know, as far as me talking about this, I can look at tweets from Ranger beat reporters who are there. I can read articles from Ranger beat reporters who are there. Some of them post videos on Twitter. Uh, The Ranger official Twitter account itself, you know, posts videos and says a couple of things about what's going on. So you're kind of at the mercy. It's very much secondhand. Again, this is not on TV. It's not on YouTube or anything like that. So I'm kind of just, uh, you know, just going off of what others are saying. But, you know, kind of just gathering everything together here as far as, um, you know, what happened. We'll start with July 4th, like I said. Uh, per Vince Mercogliano, he said in a tweet that he was not keeping track of assists, but he did mention uh, that Gabe Perot had quite a few assists, you know, throughout the entire camp. Uh, there was a situation here where Perot drew the defense toward him and then sent a pass to Max McHugh for a one-timer. It was a goal. Uh, Brett Berard, you know, he's always impressive in these camps. It sounds like it sounds like I'm always kind of mentioning his name. Did it a little bit last year as well. And, of course, we've gotten to know him a little bit. Uh, For anybody that's watched the World Juniors the last couple of seasons, he won a gold with U.S. a couple of seasons ago. But Berard, former fifth-round pick uh, by the New York Rangers, and he is expected to begin this upcoming season with the Hartford Wolfpack after signing his ELC in March. And again, he has been uh, turning some heads in camp. Uh, This is what he had to say uh, after the, uh, the July 4th session. I feel like my maturity, my strength, I think those two things are something I think I improved a lot. Having three years there, he's talking about Providence. Uh, having three years there, I think it really helped my development. Uh, we also, later in the the practice or the session, whatever you want to call it, uh, Brent Offman scored a goal on what was described as an absolute snipe. Uh, we also saw a video from Colin Stevenson, who was at the camp. 
And very, very impressive from Adam Sakura here. Adam Sakura was going to work along the boards. Uh, it was during a 1v1v1 drill. And Sakura, I mean, he's known for being a ball of energy and just playing very, very hard on every single shift. There was a video that Colin Stevenson posted where Adam Sakura, behind the net, just would not give up the puck. Uh, skating this way, skating that way, stopping on a dime, uh, you know, protecting the puck along the boards. He finally got knocked down to the ice. He's down on all fours, and the puck kind of, like, squirts behind him. And I don't know if he did this on purpose. I think he did. But he found a way with his left skate to kick the puck back up in front of him and then got up all in one motion. After kicking the puck back to himself, essentially, he pops back up and then gets the puck back on his stick and skates away with it. It was really, really impressive. And, uh, you know, Amsecor living up, at least in this one video here, uh, to his reputation of being a high-energy player, a hard-working player, and uh, somebody that's, you know, going to play every shift like it's his last. And uh, the Rangers, I think, could use a few more players like that. I imagine Sakura will not make his Ranger debut this year, but uh, hopefully not too far away either. Uh, July 5th, this seemed to be probably the most interesting and, and the most competitive day of the entire training camp because we had a, a full-on scrimmage. You know, the Rangers, they do Team White versus Team Blue. Uh, for anybody wondering, the Team White starting line from left to right was Sakura, uh, McConnell, Barker, and Perot. And then Team Blue, you had Offman, Laba, and Schmeller. Those are your top two lines for each team. Uh, you had Sahil Penoir. He is an undrafted free agent. Uh, he's a forward. He scored for Team White to make the score one to nothing. Scored the first goal of the uh, the scrimmage or the game or whatever you want to call it. Penoir also skated, or he scored, excuse me, a little bit later in this game. At the time, Team Blue was up 5-2, and that cut it to 5-3. Uh, and then interestingly, he actually got moved up to the right wing on Team White's top line with Sakura and McConnell Barker. So that was interesting to see as well. Um, Sakura, again, earning high, high marks for his hustle and obviously winning some loose pucks. Uh, you also had Henricks uh, for Team Blue. He had an early chance, did not score, uh, but he tied it on a goal off of the rush a little bit later to make the score one-to-one -one in the scrimmage. Uh, he also later in the game scored a second goal to boost the Team Blue lead to 5-2 to two on a wrist shot from the slot. So a uh, nice showing for him. Uh, Brody Lamb scored a goal that gave Team Blue a 2-1 to one lead. Uh, you had defenseman Victor Mancini, a fifth-round pick in 2022. He scored a goal, tied it at 2-2. Two to two. Uh, This was interesting, too. They did a, a shootout right in the middle of all this, and the teams combined to go 0 for 13 until Oliver Tarnstrom uh, finally scored a goal. The Rangers account actually had a video of Tarnstrom scoring this goal. He's a lefty shot, basically just moved across the crease with the puck on his forehand and just shot and scored. Wasn't anything too fancy, but uh, he was able to convert. And uh, for anyone wondering on pins and needles about the final score, Team Blue ended up winning this game uh, 6-4 to four to essentially close out the camp. But, you know, the little bit that I was able to see, you know, again, just looking at video clips from the Ranger account and all the Ranger beat writers that were there, it does seem like, um, you know, overall, this is a very uh, spirited camp, very competitive camp. And why wouldn't it be? You know, you've got a lot of guys that have been drafted in recent seasons, um, pretty much all of whom, I don't, I don't think any of these players, you know, looking at the roster, unless I'm just forgetting about somebody, has made uh, their NHL debut. You know, Brent Offman was there. He hasn't debuted yet. Will Cooley was not there. Obviously, he did debut. Um, but you've got some very young players trying to improve their stock in the Ranger organization and uh, some of them taking uh, steps toward doing exactly that. Uh, to kind of close out today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the Vladimir Tarasenko situation. I talked about it a little bit earlier in today's episode. Uh, we have learned... Um, and this is per a tweet from, from Larry Brooks. And I want to go ahead and actually read this, uh, from, you know, from 
Brooks's account, word for word, exactly what he tweeted. This is what uh, Brooks had to say about the Tarasenko situation. Uh, have learned that Tarasenko had multiple offers from clubs ranging from contenders to rebuilds in the 5.5 to $6 million per category at varying lengths. Rejected all. Carolina was one. And then fired agent. Kind of strange. Had wanted to remain with the Rangers, but there was simply no cap space. So a lot to unpack here. And like I said, we're going to talk about the Tarasenko situation uh, in greater detail. It's going to be a big focal point of tomorrow's episode. But, you know, for anybody holding on to hope that the Rangers could still re-sign him, as we always say on here, never say never. I was told by a lot of people when I was talking about Patrick Kane being acquired in a trade. And however you may feel about the Kane trade and how he performed with the Rangers, that's irrelevant to what we're talking about right now. But I was told by a lot of people like, oh, it's not going to happen. Forget about it. Let it go. Patrick Kane is not coming to the Rangers. And then what happened? The Rangers went out and they traded for Patrick Kane. And it's kind of the same situation here with Vladimir Tarasenko. I think the odds, even after all these developments, still firmly against the Rangers uh, signing Vladimir Tarasenko. The only way they can make it happen, and again, you're talking about a team right now with just north of $6 million in cap space. They still have to give new deals to Keandre Miller as well as Alexi Lafreniere. After all that, at best, the most money you're going to have left is like $2 million or so, and it's probably going to be less than that. So unless Vladimir Tarasenko takes the discount of all discounts, and we thought that uh, Blake Wheeler took a big-time discount, which he did, um, but you know, unless Vladimir Tarasenko takes just an incredible discount that we never saw coming and probably signs a one-year deal with the Rangers, um, this probably can't happen unless you make a trade. Uh, to me, that's the only way that this is even possible. The Rangers, if they do bring back, bring back Tarasenko, which, as I mentioned, uh, does seem like a tremendous long shot. But if it does happen, the only way to make it happen is to move a contract, whether that's trading. And I don't want to do this, so don't take this as an endorsement of a move like this. But whether that's trading, you know, a K. Andre Miller, trading an Alexi Lafreniere, trading a Ryan Lindgren, you have to do something to clear out a little bit more cap space to make room uh, for Vladimir Tarasenko or the most likely move. And this one I would do, you know, if it means that Vladimir Tarasenko can come back even on just a one-year deal, uh, trading Barclay Goodrow and his $3.64 million cap hit. Yeah, I would probably do that uh, to make room for Vladimir Tarasenko. If Tarasenko really wants to come back, I think that we're in a situation right now where if you're Tarasenko or maybe even some of these other freedoms that are still kind of lingering out there, there are guys that you'd have to think are open to a one-year contract because you can get, you know, a decent average annual value. And then next year, the salary cap goes up and you have a chance to be a free agent all over again. Maybe you get a deal that's a little bit more to your liking at that point. I don't know if Tarasenko is thinking that. I mean, Tarasenko's 31, so he will be a year older. I mean, he'll be 32. It's not like he's ancient at that point or on his last legs or anything like that, but he is a year older and uh, maybe teams wouldn't want to commit to him for as long if that's the case. I mean, I don't know. Tarasenko has a lot to consider. Uh, it's interesting that he fired his agent. Um, the fact that Brooks tweeted out that Tarasenko had wanted to remain with the Rangers. Maybe Tarasenko just kind of waits in free agency for a little while. This could drag on for a while. Maybe the Rangers uh, look to trade Barclay Goodrow, open up some cap space, and find a, uh, find a way against all odds of bringing back Vladimir Tarasenko to this team next season. I don't want to get anybody too excited. I think the odds are still against it. But your eyebrows do go up a little bit when you hear a report like this. Uh, he's still out there. We thought it was uh, pretty much looking like a done deal. He was going to go to the Canes, which is about the worst place he could go if you're a Ranger fan, because now he's going to this team that keeps winning the Metro Division, big-time rival of the Rangers, and they get even better with a player like Vladimir Tarasenko. But uh, look, I mean, the, the story is still to be written here. We'll see how everything uh, shakes out. 
uh, going forward here with Vladimir Tarasenko. But like I said, we're going to discuss in great detail in tomorrow's episode. Also uh, worth pointing out that the Rangers have a new ECHL affiliate. It had been the Jacksonville Iceman. It will now be the Cincinnati Cyclones. Uh, the Cyclones had been affiliated with the Sabres for six seasons. And for anybody unaware of what the ECHL is, that's basically the level uh, right below the AHL. So that's uh, the new affiliate for the Rangers. Uh, also wanted to mention Julian Gauthier to the New York Islanders on a two-year deal worth $787,500 per season. So uh, we'll be seeing more of Gauthier next season. And a minor signing by the Rangers, 27-year-old defenseman Peter Tishk or Tishke, I'm not really sure, signs with the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, he has never played in the NHL. Also wanted to mention Alexi Lafreniere spoke about uh, getting a new contract, and this was translated online. I believe he was maybe speaking in French, uh, but this is what it roughly translated to. Yes, I spoke with Chris Drury, our general manager. No, the negotiations are going well. I remain confident. I keep a day-to-day mentality. So we'll see. Hopefully a uh, deal gets done with Lafreniere sooner rather than later. And then also, finally, last little tidbit I want to mention here at the end of today's episode, Blake Wheeler. You know, he, he obviously talked with uh, the Ranger media members. Uh, he mentioned that there were no surprises when he was bought out of his contract with the Winnipeg Jets and that he and the Jets were in communication about the whole thing and that they're still on good terms. He understands it's just kind of a uh, part of the business. He also mentioned, and I think Ranger fans are going to like this, Madison Square Garden is his favorite place to play. So instead of doing it, once per season, as he had been doing with Winnipeg, he now gets to do it 41 times per season. So very cool. Again, it's just neat that Blake Wheeler took less money to be here. Obviously, he wanted to be a member of the New York Rangers, and he got his wish and uh, gets to chase the Stanley Cup, you know, obviously heading into uh, the last couple seasons of his career, or the back nine of his career. I think that's fair to say. But uh, yeah, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.